I have the privilege today to share with you from my perspective of what every pastor would want a congregation to know and to do, and for you to know the heart of God. I would say that is my greatest desire, that you would know the heart of God. 1 Kings chapter 13. This has always been a very complexing portion of Scripture, but over, well, it's been a couple, almost a couple months, I've had time to marinate this thing and study on it. So I've come into this with some ideas that I had never seen before. But this has to do, and I'll get to the text in a minute, has to do with a young prophet who leaves out of Judah, goes into Bethel, Jeroboam is at that time leading Israel completely away from God, building altars of idolatry, of sin and debauchery. And this young prophet goes to him. He delivers a message of God's judgment. God's judgment falls, splits the altar, the ashes fall out. The king raises his hand in direction to him in protest and immediately the hand of God curses that arm and it withers and he hollers out at this young prophet save me heal me and immediately God brings a restoring power back into the king's arm and he offers him many gifts and he says I don't want what you have and the king even says will you please just come home with me and it says in verse 8 but the man of God said to the king if you were to give me half of your house I would not go in with you nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place for so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord saying you shall not eat this bread nor drink the water nor return the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Now I want us to understand very clearly today where you and I are at. You and I, we come to the house of God and we're going to close with this course. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. Your heart possesses the ability to see and to hear. Your heart has that ability of perception, and we're going to lay the case out for you in that. But if there ever was a time you and I need to know the importance of God's heart, it's now. I've given some verses of Scripture, and in Matthew chapter 24, verses 24 through 26, they're going to bring that up, and we're going to read it together. I'm not even going to turn to it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, the elect. Verse 25, the Word of God says, See, I have told you beforehand, 26, And this is the key one. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out and look, and he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Now, I want you to see these are the words of Christ. Christ is speaking very emphatically of these are the things that is going to happen when the end times come. Whether you accept it or not, I believe in my heart of hearts we're living in the last days. And one of the things in that verse that stands out to me, it says that do not go out and look. We are living in a generation of restlessness. Somebody says, oh, this is the new deal. This is the new wave. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. We rush to that thing. I'm saying to every one of our hearts today, and we need to be clear on this, God needs to know that you know his heart. When you know the heart of God, that spirit of restlessness will not get a hold of you. You won't go running after this or that because you know the very heart of God. 
Now, there's another verse of Scripture, and you say, why do you come with this? Because there's people that said in our churches that say, if it's Old Testament, it has no relationship to me. I'm proving to you through the New Testament that God's Word in the Old Testament is applicable, the text that we're showing. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 20, now then we are Christ's ambassadors as through God we're pleading to you. What are the point I'm making is this. You and I are Christ's ambassadors. It's not enough to know the voice of God, and you're going to hear me say this repeatedly. You've got to know the heart of God. Because in Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, he was very clear. He said, you represent Christ. If you don't know the heart of God, you can't represent someone you don't have the heart for. You've got to line yourself up, and you've got to have this in your mindset. I am representing him And it's my purpose, my desire to know his heart. There's a verse of scripture that's not on the paper that I gave, but it says, as a heart pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after thee. That talks about a small deer. May I just say this to your heart? Listen to me. You should be just as thirsty for the heart of God as that deer is for the water that it craves. Are you craving him today? You can answer that only on your own. We are here today to talk about four things. Four things to know about God's heart. One of the things is found already as we read the text in verses 8 through 10 of 1 Kings chapter 13. God's heart is calling out. The word of God says that the man of God said to the king, now hear this, God's heart's calling out. I believe that he was a young prophet because in a little bit I'm going to introduce you to an old prophet. This young prophet... In his life and in, there is no mention of his name. But he stood his ground in the face of this ungodly, backslidden king and didn't, he didn't give ground. He looked him in the face and just read his mail. And the fact of the matter is, he was a man of God. He was a young prophet. But there's no mention of his name. Now, that is important. I believe God is calling out to a lot of no-name people. I believe that God is saying to us, it's not who, it's not what, it's not where you come from. It's if I tap you on the shoulder, if I move within your life, I've chosen you. I mentioned to Terry Ann last night as going to sleep. I said, I've been reading through the Bible with the rest of you. And one of the things that has so stood out, God in his, it's like he has this huge GPS and he's able, he's seen this little guy on the backside of the desert tending and following sheep. Nobody else, he was in obscurity. Nobody even knew who he was. The smell of sheep was all over him. But God says, that's my man. See, the point I'm saying to the church of Jesus Christ, it's not a time and it's not a place for you and I to move into that. Well, I'm not this and I'm not that. Lay it aside. Get rid of it out of your life and realize that every one of us has been called into a royal priesthood. We are now kings and priests unto a living God that is able to raise us up and to use us and to make us vessels fit for the master's use. God's heart is called out. I must be willing to say, I want to know the heart of God. Number two, we look in verse number 11. Now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel and in his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. 
They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. I want to move down to verse number 15. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. The second thing may kind of take you back a little bit, but hang in there. God's heart is desired once it's encountered. God's heart is desired once it is encountered. Once I have taste and see that the Lord is good, I'm always going to... Have you ever, around here, got a taste for something? But if you, I got a taste for something. See, you have... I can sit here and I can go back over my life as a kid. Some of the things... My mom used to take dough and fry it in a skillet with butter and put uh, cinnamon and sugar on it. Now, I, I have a taste for that. I usually don't find that very often. But I've got a taste for that. And if I can find it, I'll go to it. The point I'm making is this. Once you have encountered the presence of God, you're always going to look for it and be drawn to it. Now, it's important that we understand those who once had want to be around someone who does have. And that's where you need to be on your guard. You don't give them the cold shoulder. You don't push them away. You're not rude. But you be on guard. You say, do I need to do that? Paul is so clear in his teaching and his preaching. He says, mark those among you. There will be those who have once experienced the heart of God. They have allowed themselves to become distant. They have allowed themselves to become removed. And someone like yourself that is passionate, zealous, wanting the heart of God, there will be people that will try to get next to you. I'm a pastor. I know. Instead of themselves coming back to that altar, instead of themselves saying, God, I want your heart more than anything else, They'll get around somebody that hopes a little bit of it rubs off. Maybe that anointing that that pastor has, that sister that moves in the gifts of the Spirit, that brother that can pray heaven down, if I can just get near him, uh, a little bit of that will kind of get... you. No. No. At the end of today, when we take communion, I'm going to tell you already in advance what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you, and please don't do this. Every one of these is going to be given to you. I'm going to ask you, and you can brace yourself, but... I want you to ask a complete stranger, can I have a sip of your cup? And I don't want you to do it. You'd say, that's absolutely absurd. Yes, it is. Then how much more absurd is it for you to expect to sip out of somebody else's cup in regard to your communion with God? You need to mark this in your mind. Those who once had, you can feel it. You can feel it. They're bloodsuckers. They're trying to suck it out of you what you got. And you need to guard your heart. Say, no sirree, buddy. This is mine. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have something that is precious to the soul. And I refuse to share it because it's not to be shared. It's like a relationship between a man and a woman. It's not to be shared with a third party. Here we go, number three. Verses 16 through 18 initially the young man looks him in the eye and says, I cannot return with you nor go with you, neither can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. 
For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there nor return going the way you came. And verse number 18 says, and he said to him, I am a prophet as you are. An angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread, drink water. He was lying to him. Now I want you to hear this. There are a lot of things in this world. There are a lot of political promises. There's a lot of economic promises that never come true in this life that we live. But one of the things that you and I must come to terms and to understand, that God's heart will remain for within itself faithful. God's heart is faithful. Just as the sun rises... The sun sets and comes up the next day. It's faithful. You and I need to understand his heart. Now this is where I'm going to probably slow down a little bit because I want us to grasp this. At first he stood his ground, but I want you, and over a period, this just over time, it just kind of marinated in my brain. And the young man, and I want you to hear this, he knew God's voice, but he didn't know God's heart. I'll say that again. See, I can stand up here today. I'm going to start with me first, and then I've got a couple others that I'll use as illustration. I'm a voice. I'm a voice. That doesn't make it that I know the heart of God completely. Don't be taken in simply by a voice. Know the heart of God. The Word of God says that this old man looked at him, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but he said, I'm a prophet too. And I've heard an angel tell me, blah, blah, blah. See, I want us to understand this. I'm a voice. But if my voice does not line up with this written word of God, don't listen to the voice because I don't know the heart of God. You and I need to understand, and I was sitting here on that pew with Terry, and as I was thinking, even understand this, and it's not going to sound appropriate, but if God would use a donkey, he can use anybody. God wants his voice to be heard, and he'll use a donkey. He even said, I'll make the rocks to cry out if I have to. So the voice is not the thing. It's knowing the absolute heart of God. Folks that have been married for many years know exactly what I'm talking about. Mama can sit there and watch Pappy get up and move, and she knows which cupboard he's going to and which room he's going to go to. She's got him figured out to a T. She reads his mail. She knows. She just sits there and smiles. There he goes again. When she first married him, when he first married her, they knew each other's voice. But then they got to know each other's heart. To where in all of it, you hear the young people say, Oh, my God, he broke my heart. Oh, I guess maybe so, but... To really know a heart is to be able to look beyond the surface and begin to know what their, even their next move, what their, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I got, you know, she, she and it's cute. I, I like to, I like to listen to them talk, these older couples, because they'll, you know, they see, didn't I tell you? I, she's always one step ahead of him, or he's always one step ahead of her. They are always, the, why? Because they know each other's heart. Now, to bring it into spiritual terms, so that you understand where I'm going with this. I don't know what your opinion of Jonah was, but you know why he ran the way he ran? 
It's found in Jonah chapter 4, verse number 2. The whole reason he did all that he did is because he knew the heart of God. And he didn't like what he was hearing. Because he sat down and he said, well, let me put it in my... Dad, blame it! I knew you'd do that! I would in there and preach that sermon the way you told me to preach it, and I knew good and well they'd repent, and you'd... <laughs> you'd forgive them. He knew his heart. This young man didn't. See, it's my responsibility as I stand here today before you to know that God's heart is faithful. It isn't a matter when you know the heart of God. You will be accommodating, but you also know that where this is the way walk you in it. It doesn't matter what man says. It really doesn't matter if an angel appears at the head of my bed. If God has spoken it, God's heart is faithful, and he's not going to change. And we get impressed. Well, you know, that was a man of God. I don't care if it was whatever, wherever. Nothing trumps God's heart. Nothing takes the priority of God's heart. And when you know that and you understand as I, God, I know that your heart is faithful and I sense in my heart to heart. You know, it isn't a spoken thing. It's that like mom and pop sitting together. They know each other's heart. And that's the way it is with God. And if somebody comes by and and tries to sell you a bill of goods, you need to put your, you know, note. And all you got to do, let me just say this to you. All you have to do is say, it's my choice. I choose not to do it because I want to do this. Don't be intimidated. Don't be swayed by whether it's another man of God, whether it's an angel. I'm not letting any of that get in the mix. I know where my heart is and where God's heart is, and this is where I remain. Fourthly, in verses 20 through 22, and this is where it gets a little confusing, and that has to do with God's heart is mysterious. Let me just preface it with this. Now, come on, guys. The thing that makes being married to her is that you've really never really figured her out. She still is mysterious. There's things about her that you don't, and but that's the intriguing part of the situation. Would you really want to serve a God that you knew was so predictable? I know what he's going to do next. I know that... The precepts of this word is predictable. If he said it, he's faithful to do. But there are things about God that are mysterious. He said in his word, my ways are higher than yours. The things about God that you may not fully figure out, there's a mysterious side to God. That's why the old song of the church says, we'll understand it better by and by. You look at verse 20, and this is astounding to me, I have to say. Now it happened as they sat at the table, the young man went back and ate with him, that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who brought him back. Look at this. He cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded. But you came back and ate bread and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. 
He says, you're going to be dead. Now, that's a mystery to me. I'm not going to try to stand up here and explain that thing away. I just know this, that the fact is the old prophet operated in his gift at least one last time. And all the time, God, up until that point, remains silent. It isn't like, understand the society, Steve and I come from backgrounds that are very similar. We came from a background of a father that when he looked at you, he said, I'm only going to tell you this one time. I repeat it the second time, your butt's mine. And that man could pull a belt out of his pants quicker than any, faster than White Earp could pull his gun. I'm telling you one thing, and in all of that, he's, I'm going to tell you one time. See, that's, that's the father. That's the father in heaven that I serve. I'm going to tell you one time. And if you want to do, you'll find out. And he did. This young man was dead. He got on his donkey. He rode down the road. As his donkey stops, a lion attacks and destroys, just kills the man, but doesn't devour and eat him. But he stands guard over his body till somebody, here stands a lion and here stands a donkey. There lays a dead man and they all just stand there waiting for somebody to come by and get the corpse. But he said, you're going to be dead. It's a mystery to me. But you need to know the heart of God. And when you know the heart of God, it isn't that he's going to stand back and repeat himself two or three or four times. He's going to tell you once. He may tell you twice. Again, it's a mystery. But why in this world, as I stand before you today, why would he allow the old boy that got him in trouble to be a mouthpiece for him, but God can use a donkey? That's the point I'm making. A voice, but not the heart. I lay the challenge before each and every one of our hearts today. God is calling us to a place of knowing his heart, not just wanting. There's too many preachers, there's too many people in the church of Jesus Christ today that the only thing that they want to do is just be a voice. But they don't have the heart of God. Remember this, that God's heart is a mystery. There will be things that you will not figure out, but I will tell you this. God makes no mistakes. I make them by the boatload. He makes no mistakes. And if he has said to my heart and my heart has received it, I better believe it. It doesn't matter who in the church raises up. A general counsel calls and says, "Uh uh-uh, my heart has been told, my heart has been in touch with God. I want the heart of God. I want us to go to one other portion of scripture and then we're going to take communion. 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 16 through 18. 2 Kings 23, 16 through 18. Josiah was in a place of bringing revival back to Israel, to Judah, into the land, and he was going through cleaning up all of these idols, destroying tombs that became shrines for evil. Josiah the king comes upon a certain tomb and he turns and he saw a tomb that were on the mountain and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar. 
verse 17, and defiled it according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these words. And then he said, what gravestones is this? So the men of the city told him, it is the tomb, and this is where it's so important. It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah, proclaimed these things which you have done against the altar of Bethel. Verse 18, and he said, let him alone, let no one move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. I want you to understand something though, and I don't want to leave you on a negative because God, he's got your back. He's got your back. But you need to understand something. Even though his name was not mentioned, his act and his message still was remembered. But the other thing I want to mention, they only mention that he came and spoke against the altar. It doesn't mention his mistake. When you do and even mess up, you'll still be remembered for the act that you perform for God. You may feel it's gone. The man's dead. His bones are in the tomb. But there were those that still had direct recall to the fact this old boy's the one that spoke against the sins of Israel. Be encouraged. You may have found your heart in a situation where I don't know what I'm going to do. God can still salvage and restore and bring it together. To know God's heart, three things. To know God's heart is to know it by His Word. To know God's heart is to know it by the spoken Word. And the other thing that I want to give you, and then we're going to take communion together because that's the important key of this whole thing. Because in order for you to know the heart of God, you've got to be in communion. Carrie Ann, we usually come to the second service. But she said, we're going to take communion twice? I said, yeah, we get a double blessing today. The third thing, know the heart of God by the road of peace. Going out 272, and I found a road. Believe me, Pennsylvania has roads. They just all of a sudden appear, they disappear. And I was coming up and down 272 to go into Ephrata, and I found my road of peace. Have you traveled that lately? It's there. Go up 272. We come home the other night on the road of peace. It's a straight road, big, beautiful tree. Two or three stop signs till you come to a point where you have to turn and make your way back into the development where we live. And I said, God, I want to travel the road of peace. See, one of the best ways to know the heart of God, sometimes he won't speak to you. Sometimes his word will not be made pronounced and emphatic within your soul. But there's a time when you know And you look at that one around you. You sure you? I have a peace about it. There's a peace. I just know. And I'm traveling that road. God, let your peace be my GPS. Let it be the indicator of my soul. I don't know that even though everything around, there's a peace that I have that the world cannot give. And all of a sudden in my heart, I've got a peace even though everything around me, man, it's nuts, man, it's crazy. I don't know how in the world. But in all of it, you step back and you say, I've got a peace here. It'll be okay. Sometime back in the month of May, when we came into the area, I told Brother Steve, I said, out on your sign, some was talking about your heart. 
Church, I'm telling you one thing. Your heart and the heart condition is so important. And there's a chorus that I'd like for us to sing while they're doing this. Let's sing it together. Open the 